Welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where our mission is simple, to make the world 10% nicer. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and today we'll be talking with one of my favorite humans, sports entrepreneur Rob Cressy. Rob is the founder of Bacon Sports, a Chicago-based sports marketing agency. He hosts four sports-related podcasts. you got Sports Marketing Huddle, Sharp 600, which is a sports betting podcast, Game Day Playbook, and my favorite, the Bacon Sports Podcast, which is a funny, high-energy deep dive in the world of sports. If you're a sports nerd or someone who's just really into self-activation, following your passion and kicking ass, Rob is your guy, and he's blowing up. You're going to hear a lot from him in the months and years ahead. I'm convinced. With that said, let's talk to Rob. So Rob, welcome to Nice Work. How and where are you? I am amazing right now, and I am in Chicago, Illinois, in the West Loop. Uh, Chicago. I love Chicago. I've been a few times. It's been a while since I've been out to Chicago. I actually had a podcast guest on three weeks ago, um, and we were talking about a place called Kimski. It's a Korean-Polish food joint. You got to check it out. Sounds delicious because my wife is Polish, so I love all things pierogies, sausage, things like that. So my guess is I dig it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's closed right now, but give it a a minute. And all the restaurants are going to need all of our help. We all got to eat out a bunch if we can afford it. Um, So check out Kimsky. So you're the founder of Bacon Sports, which I want you to get into, but you're more than that. You know, you're uh, you also have how many podcasts do you have, Rob? Currently hosting three, launching a fourth. How do you have the time for that? You do so much stuff. It's really impressive, but I just want to get started with you giving an idea of what you do with Bacon Sports. So with Bacon Sports, it's my dream. My dream was always to work in sports and be creative. So I quit my advertising sales job, which I was great at, but didn't love to live my dreams. And I essentially turned a sports ball, a sports blog that specialized in original sports comedy content, articles, videos, podcasts, social media marketing, and turned it into a sports creative agency where we help brands better engage sports fans via content, podcast, video, live streaming, social media marketing. And why is that? Who better to help a brand market to sports fans than the exact demographic that they're looking to market to? You say, Rob, what would you like us to do? And I'm like, great idea. Boom. You throw that out there that way. And then my background's in content creation or my passion is, so how do brands market to people now via content? But traditionally, they're very risk averse or slow. So we're very forward thinking in how we approach things. Just like you and I do in this podcast right now, the opportunities that many brands are missing is this high engagement, high touch content like podcasts, like video and like live streaming. So that's what we really bring to the table. That's fantastic. And what I love about what you just said, besides the fact that I'm a sports fan and I like engaging sports content, is the reason why we're talking right now is because you're such a great example of what we try to showcase on this podcast, which is people who are are successfully making their passions into their work, right? So your bacon sports, what you just said, your bacon sports mission statement uh, on your site. Our mission is to help people achieve their dreams through a love of sport, creators who always dreamed of working in sports. So we created a company where we do, 
right? That is whether you're into sports or whether you're a, an accountant or whatever your career is, people who can do that. Mm, you know, I really believe that as part of the Super Nice Club mission to make the world 10% nicer, we can probably achieve 3% of that just by having people more aligning their passions with what they do for a career in some small way at the very least. So congratulations to you, seriously, on achieving this. And I know you remember a time before your passion and your career were aligned and you alluded to it a second ago. How and when did you start making that shift? So I kept hearing, follow your passion, follow your passion. And a lot of times you hear that advice and it is seen as a negative thing. It's like, you can't just follow your passion. You need to do blah, 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 blah. But for as long as I can remember, sports has been my entire life. Uh, even when I graduated college from Miami of Ohio with a degree in marketing, I would, thought I was going to work at an ad agency creating awesome ideas and stuff. Little did I know it was a fast track to inside sales of which I did for the next 10 years. So while that was all going on, I was teaching myself HTML to create a website and then creating sports blogs on my own. So I wrote and created for sports for over 10 years without making a single cent for it because I just love to do it. Like I would just chop it up with you about basketball, the NBA, the Kings, you name it. I just love sports. So I got to a point where when I was working and even though I was very successful at it, making several six figures, I just sat there and I would dream and I would work more on my side hustle, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. being writing and creating. So if you think about it, when you're good at sales, then I'm like, all right, I now have some time where I can dedicate while I'm at work to writing sports blogs. So I'm sitting there and I would dream and I'm like, man, I dream of the day where I can just wake up and create sports content all day. Like that is the greatest thing ever. And then I looked at the sports landscape for content and mm -hmm. everything was homogenous. It was copy paste, insert what's on Deadspin, ESPN or bleacher. And I was like, you know what? I know I can do a better job of this. I just do. And that just sat there in my mind. And it was like, follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And I thought to myself, you know what? I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen. And you know why? Because I knew I belonged. I knew I was as good or better than the crap that I was seeing out there. So I was like, I got to know. And then I just cut the cord and went from making several six figures to $0 overnight and let's go. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And what you were saying there is that for 10 years, though, you were, you were sharpening your tools. You know, that's you not, were- That's an understatement. Ready. Yeah. And so at some point you realize that I'm putting in 40 hours at work, but I'm putting in 60 hours on the quote unquote side hustle. And you really didn't have any choice at that point. You either had to walk away from the side hustle or go all in. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the thing of how bad do you want it? And it's my dream. And we all only live once as cliche as that is. Well, guess what? When you realize you can just sit there and live the life of an ad sales guy or you can try and build something for yourself and wake up every day charged and living a different life. And it's an absolute game changer for me because when I look at the person I was to the person I am now, it is no joke, two different people, two different lives. Because the successful ad sales guy, he wasn't reading, he wasn't meditating, he wasn't consistently working out, he was partying a ton, personal development wasn't part of what he did. It was very much the 
the play hard, be good at what you do lifestyle, as opposed to the guy I am now, which is purpose-driven, waking up every single day, excited about life, happy for life, not the, oh man, I'm living for the weekend. So that's the difference. When you go from living for the weekend to living for every second of your day, because you want to build these things. For me, time is my biggest asset. And if I have not accomplished what I want to accomplish yet, there's still more to do. So I don't just sit there on the couch and do nothing because I'm like, whoa, I'm all in on this. Let's keep going and keep building because it's fun and exciting. That's great. Thinking back to it, were there moments of fear? Was there a period when you really kind of had to go through this transition and it was difficult? Or was it just, bam, you know, I'm a, I'm a new success overnight? No. What was your Zero percent success overnight. Zero percent. I have never looked back. I have never said, did I make the wrong decision? So my mom, through this entrepreneurial journey, she parents are oftentimes very risk averse. They want to see the best out of their children. So they want safety. Oh, Rob, did you ever think about going back to your sales job? You're making such good money there. And every single time I'm like, no, mom, that life of me is done. But I'll tell you, this has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Every single day. Because when you go at zero, all of a sudden you're like, holy crap. I have no connections in the sports industry. I'm making no dollars. No one knows who I am. So I'm at zero of all zero as it gets. And it is from that moment that a huge, um, I guess, moment or a shift in my life happened where I realized, all right, let me audit the success habits of the most successful people, the CEOs, the company builders that are doing things that I aspire to be like. So for example, you would hear the average CEO read 60 books a year. And I'm like, crap, I'm reading zero think I might want to learn how to read. Well, guess what? I learned how to read. And then all of a sudden, once you start to learn to read, you're like, wow, these people also do X, Y, and Z. So that's where meditating came in. I heard meditating like 200 times before I'm like, huh, I'm an idiot if I hear it 200 times from successful people and I don't think about doing it for myself. Rinse and repeat as many different times as you can conceivably think of. And I became like Neo in the Matrix where he learned Kung Fu. He's like, whoa, I can learn Kung Fu. Now I see my life of all of these skills that I can learn that stack on top of each other. You were talking about meditating and I'm going to quote you from an Instagram quote of yours. You said, I remember my preconceived notions of meditation in the beginning. I was reluctant because it had a new agey vibe. I totally, I I, I get it. Uh, and that's just not for me. Then I removed the expectations of what I thought it was and instead and instead experience what it is. It is a practice for you, for you, for me. So how, how's your practice? Are you daily? What was pre-practice Rob like versus now in terms of, um, you know, response, react, all that kind of stuff? So... I actually had an unofficial meditation coach. You know how? By creating a podcast. I built a relationship with someone and it just so happens one of the things that she focuses on is mindfulness. So I did a podcast episode with her where no joke, we did a guided meditation on the podcast. And this is like five years ago and I'm at zero and I'm like, wow, sure. I'll go ahead and do this. And then what she really did was just showed me a YouTube video like, hey, Rob, uh, just sit there and just set a timer for like 10 minutes and try this. And then she said, you can also check out the Headspace app. So what she really helped me with was structure. 
So often when we try something new, new is uncertain and uncertain uh, uncertainty oftentimes leads to inaction. But what she did was give me some guide rails and Headspace allowed me to say, all right, just sit there for 10 minutes and listen to this guided meditation. And what it really allowed me to do was you remove the expectations of what it should be. And instead, they always just say, focus on the breath. And you'll notice like you just have a lot of chatter when you're first doing this. And meditation doesn't need to be an hour long. I actually prefer the micro because it's about the intention of it. So you sit there and, and even if you only get 30 seconds of like quiet, that's really what it is because if you think about it, we live in this always on digital world where there is just noise thrown at us nonstop. So guess what? For five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes a day, it's not a bad thing if you just sit there and say, you know what? I'm just going to set a timer on my phone and I'm going to do nothing. And even if you just sit there and you close your eyes and you do nothing and you just sit there, it's going to make you feel better because you're not bringing inputs in. And for me right now, uh, my practice is anywhere between five to seven minutes a day uh, mm-hmm. at random times. Uh, I used to do it um, as part of my morning routine because that way, if something's important enough, you'll do it early. But I'm always tinkering around with the different ways to do it. And certainly in this current landscape we are now, uh, I find it is a very freeing, self-loving practice because it's my opportunity to remove all expectations of the world, all problems in the world, and just say, you know what? I'm just going to allow myself to be. I'm using Sam Harris's Waking Up app. Have you heard of that one? It's, it's a similar thing. Sam, you might want to check it out. Sam Harris is an interesting guy. That's uh, that's that's my my reading assignment to you. Check out Sam Harris. Um, what was it that you just said that I wanted to go back to? I'm gonna have to. There was something really cool there. Um, really, really. Can you repeat what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> no, Why? Give me the cliff notes. Of- I'm totally kidding. Yeah. No. There was something I was like, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Rob, what is? Do you have a morning routine right now? What's your morning? Oh yeah. Routine? I am as regimented of a human as you will find because uh, that I think of it like a boot sequence for a computer, the best way. So how do you get yourself to be a high performer to achieve anything that you want? Well, you want to control the way that you do it. And one of the biggest, I believe um, things that set people up for failure is when you wake up in the morning and you jump on social media or you jump on email immediately, because what you're allowing is the world to dictate the way that things go for you. So for me, for the first three hours, I have a three hour morning routine. First three hours, every single day, it is all me and my own personal development. So I wake up at, I don't know, anywhere between five and five 30 in the morning. And the very first thing that I do is I say to myself, today is going to be a great day. Then I brush my teeth. And as I'm brushing my teeth, I practice gratitude. I'm thankful for the podcast I get to do with Todd. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful um, from being from Pittsburgh and living in Chicago. Boom. Nice and simple opportunity to practice gratitude. Then I read, read for 20 to 30 minutes every single day for the last seven years. After that, uh, I go to the gym or work out or do yoga for the next 45 minutes. So once again, if something's important enough, when you find time, boom, let's stack the fitness right away in the morning. Uh, After that, I've got a series of 
affirmations and gratitude uh, that is called consistency to my dream. So often for people who have a dream they want to accomplish, one of the challenges is they're just not aware enough of the person it takes for themselves to be the person who lives their dream. So for me, every single day, I'm reading a series of things that says, I am worthy, I am flexible and fluid, uh, I am becoming the best version of myself. And then I'm also thinking about what my dream is and, and that aligns with freedom, creative freedom, I can create anything that I want, uh, time freedom, location freedom, all of these different things. And I'm just reading it every single morning. Well, why does that, why does that matter? Because imagine the uh, output you will have if you read your dreams every single day, first thing when you wake up, as opposed to not doing it or opposed to turning on the news or social media. So for me, when I boot up, it's like, all right, I'm learning, I'm working out, uh, I'm affirming who I am. So I can be the best version of myself by 8 a.m. every single morning, rinse and repeat, because that's how you can consistently put yourself in the best position to succeed, because we all know how difficult it is. And you never know when things are going to pop up and really throw you for a curveball. So if you can show up every single day with the same boot sequence, that's how you become an extremely positive, consistent person like I am. You definitely are a very positive person. Your Instagram feed, you are always on fire, always smiling, always just a source of, of joy. I mean, it's true. It really is. Uh, you sound like your morning routine sounds, a, these stacked habits that you have sound a lot like my friend BJ Fogg's Tiny Habits. If you haven't heard of him, check him out. Really, really cool program that he has and another another book recommendation. How many, how many book recommendations do we all throw around to each other? It's amazing that we can get through any of them. Your uh, side note on that for you, Todd. Yeah. So how do you find new books by listening to a podcast like this and hearing book recommendations? So this is actually a very important thing because if you're someone who's an avid reader, Hey, how do I find out new books? Sure. You can go on Amazon or whatever to find them, but the best way is actually just like anything else in life referral basis. So if you and I talk about a book on the podcast, someone should be like, ding, ding, ding. If I like what Rob's saying and I like what Todd's saying, maybe I should read this book. So that's how I typically find the majority of my books is by listening to podcasts of people that I aspire to be like, or I get down with. So uh, it's a very important thing. Throw a book out. What do you got? Uh, my favorite book or one of my favorite books, Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, um, based around Stoic philosophy, but with everything going on right now, uh, it's really about how do you overcome adversity and the mindset for that. So that's absolutely incredible. Um, if you haven't read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, absolutely incredible. Um, trying to think what other ones that I love. I just finished. Oh, um, there was one, uh, crap by a guy named Trevor Moad, who was Russell Wilson's mental toughness coach called it takes what it takes. If you're a sports fan and you like mindset, check it out. It takes what it takes by Trevor Moad. That's a good way to slide into. He was the mental toughness coach. You said, let's slide into your mental toughness challenge. I think you just celebrated one year mental toughness challenge three days ago. Is that right? That is correct. Let's let's hear about it. So it is called Live Hard. It's a mental toughness program uh, put on by Andy Frisella. If you're not following Andy Frisella, check him out on Instagram where he's got a podcast. 
uh, Real AF with Andy Frisella. And what it is, it's a four-part mental toughness program to become the best version of yourself. And the four parts are 75 days, 30 days, 30 days, and 30 days. And it has to be completed exactly in one year. So the final 30-day phase is exactly one month before the one-year mark. Because Mm -hmm. if you mess up at all during this, you go back to zero. So as part of this, it is an ultimate accountability where there is no compromise. So I'll give you the quick overview on what's included in this. So uh, working out twice a day, 45 minutes inside, 45 minutes outside, drinking a gallon of water a day, uh, following a diet with no cheat meals, no alcohol. Uh, There is taking a progress picture, reading 10 pages of a personal development or entrepreneurship book, uh, a five minute cold shower, freezing cold shower every single day. Lost me. Oh yeah. Um, most recently in the final phase, uh, meet one new person in person a day. Yeah. Try and do that in a quarantine. And then there is also do one random act of kindness a day and you have to journal it. Uh, there's also 10 minutes of visualizing and there's multiple things that really this teaches you. It's confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, self-belief, fortitude, grit, and really becoming the best version of yourself. So by doing these things with no compromise, you eat one freaking Dorito, you go back to zero. There is no cheat meal day. And what it really does is it teaches you those skills in a way that is, I'm not going to say extreme, but more consistent and more more harder than you would normally do. So it's like, hey, how do you become uh, more courageous and more and grittier? Well, guess what? You do things like this. Uh, the original 75 days, which is called 75 hard, was ridiculously hard because you're going from zero to learning how to do some of these things. And you're overcoming your mindset and what they call that bitch voice, that voice inside of you that says, Rob, don't go work out now. Just sit on the couch. No one's really going to know. And guess what? This is an entirely self-accountable mental toughness program. You don't do something. No one else is going to catch up with you and say, hey, Rob, did you do this? Just like golf, this is on you. So because of this, it teaches you a new standard for your own accountability So when we talked about my routines and everything, well, guess what? I was extremely regimented with this because one thing Andy said, which completely changed my mindset for why I wanted to do this, because guess what? One year ago, I had no interest in doing this, but you know why I did it? And I was sitting on uh, the beach in Siesta Key, Florida, visiting my wife's parents. And I listened to the podcast that Andy uh, published about this, about 75 hard. And I was listening to it for the second time. And he said, if you do this and you go all in, I guarantee you it will change your life. You will become the best version of yourself in 75 days is a small price to pay. And I sat there and I was like, if I am all in on my dreams and bacon sports, how am I not willing to go and do this? And I was like, it is for that reason that I don't want to do it because it's about to be summertime shy. Uh, I don't want to give up drinking and I don't want to give up hanging out with my friends and staying out and doing whatever. And it was for that reason that I said, that's a weakness of myself. I have to do this. So I committed to doing it. 
And when I finished the 75 days, he's like, and oh, by the way, this is part of a larger program. There's three more phases. And I was like, oh, I thought I was done. So all of a sudden there's more. And I can say that it's one of, if not the best things I've ever done in my entire life. It was insanely hard. I learned so much about myself, but I walk with a different confidence about myself that I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. Wow. I think you might've just sold me. I want to commit right now publicly that I'm going to do it, but no, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to have you send me the link to that, that episode that, that really resonates with me. He recently, it wasn't his last podcast, but he recently did a podcast where he talks about just kind of how soft people are being during the pandemic. Do you know that one? I let put it this way. So I listened to that episode the day I finished the program. And you said, that's not me, brother. That's not me. So as, so that's one of the things. So when you think about success and there's so much negative noise, negative noise, and here comes Andy coming in being like, everyone's being soft. You need more mental toughness. And I just gone through a one year program. So it ended up being 165 days that you're on this. And I listened to it and it made me feel good. And Andy said something of, I feel like an alien in the world right now that the rest of the world sees things one way and I'm completely the other way. And I completely related to that because here I am in the middle of winter in Chicago at 5 a.m. in the morning with a uh, now gene of water doing a 45 minute outdoor workout and it's negative three degrees outside and my water freezes. And it's like, what in the world are you doing? But guess what? That's what's going to set me up for success. And no joke. I'm going to look back at this time right now with the coronavirus as the time that made me. It is going to be the best time of my entire life because back to obstacles the way that I find the time in which it is the hardest to really prove what you're made of because mm-hmm. that's what leaders are made of. Everyone can do it when it's puppy dogs and rainbows. Oh, it's good. Everything. Everyone's making money. All right. Let me get to you when it's horrible, when the times are tough. And that's what this teaches you. Agreed. I'm going to take a second here to thank our sponsors. Sponsors. Podcasts need sponsors. So Super Nice Club has some sponsors. Actually, Super Nice Club has thousands of sponsors, which is wonderful. And that's you guys, all the members of the Super Nice Club. That includes Rob Cressy, member of the Super Nice Club. He's not only a a guest, but he's also a sponsor. And so just thank you, everybody. Every member of the Super Nice Club, being part of it, the feedback, the letters, the... the, uh, just the things that you share, the stories that you tell within the club, they're all so deeply appreciated. So thanks for your membership. Thanks for your sponsorship. And Todd, I want to recognize you because I am so proud of you for creating this podcast because as someone who is part of your tribe, I love the way that this gives you an opportunity to deepen the relationship with the community and make the world 10% nicer. So I just wanted to recognize you because it is a big thing as someone who builds communities. It's a really important thing because there needs to be more people like this in the world. Really deeply appreciated. Really do. And I was going to talk about this later, but let's just get right to it. You're the guy who taught me how to podcast. So anybody out there, Rob, uh, is it the podcast hustle, right? It's the name of it. Well, so it's called launching podcast. Launching podcast. Yeah. He has a, a course that, that was so, so worth taking. Um, I took it cost a little bit of money, but I'm telling you, if you don't have skin in the game, if you're not spending on, on a lesson, you're not going to do it. 
So there are a lot of ways you can go online. You can go to a YouTube video and look up how to do a podcast. What gear should I get? All that stuff. Yeah, you'll get answers. But the personal accountability that comes with actually investing into a professional, I would not be having this podcast today. I would not be doing the Super Nice Club podcast, which I thought about and mold for two years before I finally saw Rob somewhere, I think on your Instagram feed saying, hey man, I'm doing this thing. You guys want to jump in. So how do people find out more about your course, Rob? So you can go to launchingpodcasts.com or hit me up on social media at Rob Cressy. And really I created it because people would say, Rob, how do I dot, dot, dot about a podcast? And it got to the point where I said, all right, let me just reverse engineer the process that I've used to publish over 600 podcasts and host three of them, including for major brands. So as part of this, I made it as simple as possible because guess what, Todd? I was the guy who had no experience, no technical knowledge, who had to teach myself all of this. I spent so much time wasted on YouTube and Googling stuff like what microphone to use. No joke. I spent three hours looking at microphones. Guess what you got to do? Here's four different microphone options, uh, high, medium, and yeah. low for the budget. Boom, done. So I wanted to create a structure that made this easy because I didn't have it. And I knew the blessing that podcasting can be in everyone's life. Because for me, and you and I talking on this podcast right now, this is a great example of it. It has absolutely changed my life having a podcast because it gives you the ability to share thought leadership with others, put positive vibes in the world and give people a reason to talk to you. So imagine sit there and say, who are the top 10 people you would love to talk to on a podcast? Well, guess what? When you have a podcast, it gives them a reason to say, sure, I would love to talk to you. So check it out at launchingpodcast.com. Absolutely do that. And, and you guys, I mean, just, just listen, you can hear Rob with that voice and he's so professional. And there's me, right? The neophyte podcaster. You want to learn from a guy like Rob. He is fantastic. He's a natural and an absolute confidence builder. And if you have a passion, why not launch a podcast? Everybody says, ah, there's already a million out there. And there are a million out there. But you know what? Most of them don't make it past two or three episodes, four or five episodes. So there's always room. And there's always room for something uh, that is your passion. It's totally worth it. I still suck at doing podcasts, but I'm learning to really love it. So I, I, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Rob is your entry point. Rob, let's talk about sports because you're into sports a little bit. I don't ever, I have never done fantasy anything, fantasy sports, fantasy football. You're into that, right? You probably have a podcast or a video cast about fantasy football. I host a sports betting podcast. <laughs> so yes, uh, no joke. My entire life is sports. And when I mean my entire life, when I watch TV, I only watch sports, which if you can imagine what's going on right now, there is no sports and there hasn't been for the last two months. We got the last dance, baby. We got the last dance. Oh yeah, we do. I've watched no sports in the last two months because if it's not on, I'm not just going to watch old stuff as much as I do love it. So for me, this has been just... I never thought I would come to a day in my life where sports didn't exist. Just blows my mind. So yes, I love sports. What are your thoughts on the future of, of esports? And what exactly is esports? And let me ask you this. This is what I was because I want to ask you about. Do you think it'll ever be bigger than real life sports in terms of economic activity? I mean, give us a prediction 50 years from now. Yeah, because it's relative. 
because you don't have to understand something for there to still be a huge audience for it. The simplest mm -hmm. way to think about it is esports is video games. You're like, well, why would anybody watch video games? Because, all right, you're 10 years old right now. Would you rather be playing NBA 2K or watching baseball? Uh, I'll go and play video games. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, by the way, if you want, you can actually get paid to play video games. Wait, what? So now kids are playing the games, but they're also watching the games to get better and or it's part of a community. No different than super nice. We, because of the internet now and content and communities, we have the ability to bring people together. And guess what? When people play video games, they play for hours upon hours. This isn't just some small little thing. It's gigantic. So what I would say is right now is such a gigantic opportunity for esports. Why? Because they're digital. They are, they are a, um, let's call it league or whatever. It, it is a sport in which they are digital first in-person second. Mm -hmm. So as they were building the brands, they started to uh, have more events in arenas and stadiums. But guess what? When that goes away, it's all good because we're digital first. We're just going to jump on Twitch. Well, here's the problem. The rest of the major sports are in stadium first, digital. We don't have anything. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the opportunity for esports, I think it's a freaking rocket ship. And you don't need to play video games to be a student of the game to say, you know what? Let me just get version 1.0 of like, how can I be competent in esports? I don't watch them, but I'm already building an esports network. I'm already doing podcasts with people about esports. Why? Because I want to seek to understand. Because then me as a marketer and as a creator and as a community builder, I can do a better job of evaluating the landscape to see what are the opportunities and how can I provide more value. So you're bullish on esports. Extremely bullish. All right. I haven't watched them. I haven't. I, I know the NBA and, and MLB right now are doing things. I think uh, the NBA is doing the MLB is doing the show with actual Major League Baseball. It's interesting, guys and gals. Like they're they're using actual All Star baseball players, basketball players who are playing the esports, and then they're broadcasting them. It, COVID is kind of the perfect thing for esports. It really is because it's all you've got right now. Yeah. And, and I really don't see myself being a consumer of esports, despite being incredibly bullish about it. But that doesn't mean that I won't be a part of the industry. Uh, like anything, sometimes you just need a reason to get more invested in it. So if and when I work with an esports company or land an esports client, then I might get more vested. But for me, I'm a traditional sports fan first. Uh, fantasy sports, sports betting, uh, all things, everything else, sports. But I'm a certainly going to be paying attention to the growth of esports in terms of the overall nature of it. All right, two more predictions, two more sports predictions here. First one: Will my Sacramento Kings ever make the playoffs again? <laughs> yes, because I'm a fan of De'Aaron Fox. Oh, me too. So I, I like him. He's good. The challenge that I have with the Kings, and I'm very pragmatic about how I see sports, is it's an organizational thing. It's no different than the Cincinnati Bengals. You can draft Joe Burrow number one overall, but the problem is actually culture, and it starts at the top. And I'm not saying that the Kings um, starting at the top with Vivek isn't good, but the Kings history has been inconsistent in one of the most disappointing franchises. And you look and you're like, well, why is that? And everything with success and companies always starts at the top there. So for me, the Kings, it's got to be an organizational thing. 
you've got to build a certain culture because it's not just players. No, Vladi and Vivek are, are difficult. As a fan, the ownership and the leadership has been problematic for years. And, you know, we just wonder, does the NBA need to pull a Clippers and assign new ownership? I don't know. The Kings are close. So that's okay. So you say, yes, they'll make it. Sometimes I think they'll never make it. They're just going to be the eternal, you know, bottom dwellers. But my second question is, and to my the one or two other King fans out there in the world, I feel you. I really do. It's been a long time. Uh, Chris Weber, all-time favorite player. Chris, and then my other all-time favorite player who I want to ask you about now. Do you think my main man, DeMarcus Cousins, will be a force again in the NBA? Unfortunately, no. And it goes to something that Jalen Rose said years ago. And he talked about players with injury and thinking about it like uh, you're wearing armor. And every time you have an injury, it's a kink in your armor, irregardless if it's just an ankle or something small. But every time that happens, it's another kink in your armor. And for Boogie Cousins, he's had a lot of big kinks in his armor throughout the years. So for someone like him, who's a big guy, sure, he's super skillful. But guess what? There's going to be a 21, 22-year-old young buck who's out there who's hungry, like, a, for example, Marvin Bagley. We don't know what's going to turn into him, but Boogie's going to be competing against a guy like that who's fresher, who's younger, who's got more bounce, where Boogie's going to have to rely on uh, being a crafty veteran like the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! So <laughs> that's really how I would drop. see it. And unfortunately, I just don't think it's the right recipe for success for Boogie just because injury after injury, it's not a talent. It's just really his ability to stay healthy. And as you get older, it's just not the recipe for success. Well, I'm going to naively think that he's going to be a 16-10 guy um, off the bench with some starting minutes for a competing team and get a championship in the next couple of years. Probably not going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping for. I really wanted to see him with the the Pelicans experiment. That was the most excited I've been about the NBA in a long time. Anthony Davis with DeMarcus Cousins and having him go down. It's hard to root for teams and ownership. A lot of these owners aren't the best people in the world. You know, the players, some of them are. DeMarcus Cousins is a good human being. You know, so I'm rooting for DeMarcus more than the team. Um do you see the NBA and other teams and other pro sports, uh, the fandom shifting uh, away from teams and more to individual players? 100%. And I actually did a podcast about this a week or two ago. There's a new name for this or a term for this called the fluid fan. And the fluid fan cares more about the player than they do the team. So for example, what if you're a fan of LeBron James so you're going to like LeBron and the Cavs and then the Heat and then the Lakers right there. Because when he leaves the Cavs, why would you still continue to root for the Cavs if you're just a casual fan? Because guess what? The players you can be fans of, but we see time and time again where teams do not reciprocate that love to their fans back. And the players give us more ability to get close access to them than ever before. Yeah. We can follow them on Instagram Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, you name it, everywhere. We can deep dive into the brand of LeBron. But then if we get to the brand of the teams themselves, it's a lot more generic stuff. And we feel relatable to that. Or when someone's playing NBA 2K, boom, I'm going to be LeBron or because of this. So 
I really believe that this comes down to attention, just like why is esports going to be successful? Because what's going to get your attention? What's going to keep your attention? And for fans right now, it is about the players and their ability to say, you know what? I like LeBron. I don't give a crap what team he's on because he's more important than the team itself. Your attention is drawn to what players? Who magnifies you in the sports world right now? So I love watching Steph Curry. Uh, I love shooting hoops. I've played basketball my entire life as a rec league player. I just love just the splash. Just that's just so entertaining. Um, for me, being from Pittsburgh, I'm a diehard Penguins fan. Watching Sidney Crosby play hockey has been one of the greatest gifts of my entire life. It's because of the way he plays and the vision. So I, I love players with vision. I enjoyed watching Steve Nash. I love. Uh, mm-hmm. athletes that can uh, drop dimes where you're like, boom, you just see this. And Crosby has this vision and it's really the simple plays that I really appreciate out of players because a lot of people love the surface level stuff, but I like the attention to detail when you can get to the puck first and all of a sudden you keep the play alive so that you can give your team the better position to succeed. So I love Crosby on the, on the football side of things. Um, what has my mind on football right now. Um, I mean, I love all things Pittsburgh Steelers, but in general, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an absolute blast mm-hmm. to watch. Yep. Um, but I would give the caveat, be careful with shiny object syndrome. We've <laughs> seen a lot of players be super good. It's not to say that he won't be, um, but I'm always aware of that. Uh, so that's what's top of mind for me now. It's a little bit harder because sports aren't on, so no one's really right. captivating me like Michael Jordan is right now. Well, there was a consistency to what you said there. And I said magnifies, I meant magnetizes, whatever. The consistency there is Mahomes, Curry, Fox, um, who's the other NBA player you mentioned? Uh, well, Ross. Jordan. Uh, yeah. These are all really creative players, right? And, 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 uh, and Sydney. Right. These are all people who it's their job within their respective sports to be hyper creative. That's how they succeed. Right. And they're in the creative, quote unquote, positions, whether you're a point guard or quarterback. And this is something that I've noticed with you is that you tend to really well blend creative with sports. It's something, you know, that's out there a lot, especially in sports, fashion, sneakers, and especially in the NBA where players can be, you know, fashion icons. I think creativity and art within the sports world often gets overlooked, uh, but not by you. Yeah, because I'm a creative at heart because I worked in a call center at Fifth Third Bank singing home equity loans for inbound dials. It was the absolute worst. So when you've seen what you don't want in life, being in a call center making 10 bucks an hour for Fifth Third Bank, (laughs) give me the complete opposite. So when you say, I want to live a life of sports and creativity, and very similar to you is super nice. I understand the community. So one of the things that I loved is NBA All-Star Weekend was in Chicago this year. And it was literally in my backyard. Like I can walk to the United Center from where I live here. So the epicenter of sports was here. And you know what the number one victory for me in that entire weekend was? Mm. Basketball culture. Because everywhere you went, everyone's rocking Jordans or Yeezys, just like the best shoes. And everyone, I always made the joke, you couldn't tell if someone just rolled out of bed or was wearing a $5,000 jumpsuit. It was like NBA culture was so on point. Everyone's rocking Mitchell and Ness or New Era and just looked fly. And there's a certain 
Um, I love to say everything's a reflection of your brand. And when it comes to NBA culture, your brand is everything. It's an element of swag and hip hop's mixed into this. So for me, I'm fun. I'm creative. I like to be different. I like to be unique. Like I said, I saw the sports content world and I was like, everything's homogenous. It's the same. So for me, I want to build the world in my image. And as part of that, I'm going to blend sports and creativity and pop culture to find ways to create new and or blend different scenarios that people have never seen before. You know who did that way back when, and it's largely been forgotten about, even within the NBA, is And One. Do you remember when And One, they were doing their mixtapes and they were they had that 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 their their own you know the street league um, that and their graphic tees and all that. That's when I think the NBA and one was almost bigger than the NBA in some ways. Oh, so swaggy! The professor, yeah. hot sauce, yeah. Escalade, like oh my god! And then they would shake and bake someone, and then throw the ball in the stands, yeah. and everyone that just loses them. Man. Yeah, shout out to the and one culture from back in the day. I'd love to see that come around again. So here's the thing: Why do we think the and one culture worked? You know why? Because it was relatable. Because here's a bunch of guys that are playing street ball and their handles are insane. But we could all sit there and we would all practice that Allen Iverson uh, crossover behind your shoulder type thing. And even though we might not be able to do it with sick handles, we would watch that and you could relate to these guys because they were fallible. They weren't perfect, but they're getting down and they're having fun. And that's what more brands and teams need to do is to embrace the authenticity. Cause you know what? And one did, they knew their community and they embraced that community. And one was basketball culture at its finest. Adam silver, Adam silver, watch the and one documentary. That's, that's my super nice challenge for you. Um, give a super nice challenge. Do you have a super nice challenge, Rob? Something I do have a super nice, nice membership challenge. community, something they can do to try to help make the world a little bit nicer. What do you got? Yes. And I'll actually allow this to go full circle. So one of the things that I did as part of the live hard program was one random act of kindness a day for 30 straight days. Mm-hmm. And on the service, you're like, Oh, that might not be that hard. Guess what? It was really Every hard. Day? Yeah. Every single day for 30 days is one of the things that probably brought me the most amount of anxiety because of the amount of time we're spending at home right now, like 95% of the time. And then what if it's raining outside? Like you sort of have to get outside of your bubble. And I had to get creative for it because one of the things that the live hard program teaches you is that conditions aren't always perfect, but you still need to pay your dues. So you're like, all right, this isn't ideal for me. I'm at home a ton. How can I really start having a positive impact on others? So you know what I did is I would send a video message to a friend, a family member, someone that I worked with. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know what? I want to let you know something that I like or recognize about you. And it would be a video text and it would be anywhere from 45 seconds to a minute 45 long. And the thing is, it was a freaking home run or so I learned because with everything that's going on in the world right now, there's not enough positive vibes. There's not enough people saying, you know what, Todd, I'm thinking about you. I got you. And especially when it's unexpected. So my super nice challenge now just even shrink this for the next seven days. 
I want you to send one video message a day to someone and you say, you know what, Todd, just wanted to send some good vibes your way. I want to let you know something that I love or recognize about you and then give them a compliment because guess what I learned? People were legitimately like, Rob, you don't know how much this means to me. And you know what else I really learned? In two instances, I found out that friends of mine, their parents passed away in the last week, not because of everything that was going on in the world, but like real life, just like non-COVID all of a sudden. And they're like, you don't realize how much your kind words meant to me. And when I heard this, I was like, oh my God, you you don't know what's going on in other people's lives because social media and the world, we live this facade of, oh, everything's puppy dogs and rainbows. And we're not really out there sharing, you know what, I'm having a tough time or I've got anxiety, my job's not working or something's not going well with my friends. So guess what? Do one video message a day for the next seven days. I'm on it. Guarantee you. And here's the thing. Do not forget about those closest to you. I sent it to my wife, to my parents, to her parents, to my sisters, to my best friends. Because even if I see you every single day, you know what? We don't as boys say, you know what, man, I really appreciate you having me on the show because you're just filled with so much love. And that makes me feel good because I love seeing in like, it just spreads so much positivity because if you make their day, guess what's going to happen? It's going to make somebody else's day. And that's how you make the world 10% nicer. A lot of that knock-on effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. So wrap this up with two other things here. Challenge accepted. And I hope other people out there, you accept Rob's challenge. And if you accept this challenge and you get some beautiful story out of it, do you mind telling us? You know, come on back to Super Nice Club, Instagram, Facebook, you know, post it where you find this podcast. Also at Rob Cressy, C-R-E-S-S-Y, C-R-E-S-S-Y. Let's hear the stories from the from this challenge, please. Um, April 27th, that was yesterday, you tweeted, and suddenly you know it's time to start something new and trust the magic of beginnings. So first of all, I know that feeling so well in different areas, okay? what's What's that all about? So one, here's a little social media hack for everybody. As part of my morning boot sequence, once again, going full circle on my daily 10X planner, it says quote of the day. So every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, what's my word of the day going to be? So yesterday it was new beginnings. So I type into Google new beginnings quotes, and then I select Google image. So now you see a, a bunch of Pinterest looking quotes and I find one to be my quote of the day. Well, why in the world did I do new beginnings? Because I finished the Live Hard program last Thursday. So this Monday was my first real day back in what I'll call my new routine. So I've got this new energy. I've got a new confidence of I just accomplished this year-long mental toughness challenge. So even though um, I'm not a different person, I'm a completely different person because I just accomplished something. So now I was like, you know what? I want something that's going to set my intention for new beginnings. And that's what these quotes of the day do. So I write it down, but guess what? I'll just share that with the world because what does it do, Todd? It makes the world 10% nicer when I can share a positive quote every single day. So when people say, how can you create more content? Well, just take a quote of the day, post that on all of your social media accounts. Congratulations. You might end up on a podcast one day where someone brings it up. (laughs) Good for you. I like it. All right, so we end this every time with the guest asking a question of me. Just to flip the tables for a second. Do you have a question for me, Rob? I do, Todd. 
I want you to tell me something awesome that has happened in the last month. Wow. This has been for all of us, uh, a very interesting and challenging month for me. What has happened that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind, a few things awesome have happened, but, um, I spent, I have three sons. All right. My oldest is justice. He's 17. He's a baller. He's great. Uh, Archer, he's nine and his youngest brother, Ryerson, who is seven. And they're in split homes, right? So I don't have them for custody, um, but great shared custody situation. Absolutely great, dreamy. When you have uh, multiple kids, you don't often get to have just one by themselves, right? You know, if you grew up uh, with brothers and sisters, you know, you're usually your parents are just with you and you're with your, your siblings. I got to have for, for two weeks, a little more than two weeks, my youngest child, Rye. I got to have him for, for two weeks and he wasn't under the shadow of his older brother, right? They're two years apart, so that's really close. And I got to see him emerge. Our relationship deepened and changed. I got to see him uh, as a different person that is just a rare opportunity for me. Uh, loved it just filled me with with just i already love my son but just filled me with so much deeper appreciation and a, and a richer kind of love for this kid uh that's that's probably the best thing that happened to me in the last month was spending all of that quality time one-on-one -on -one time i don't know when i'll get to do that again you know we've talked about it with his mom about pulling archer in for you know another thing like that but during this time of of covid and everything there's a lot of um uh, attention to detail and, and being careful that has to happen when you're talking about exchanging children between homes. So we'll see. So here's what I want you to do, Todd. This will go back to the routine. So I practice a lot of gratitude. So this exact answer that you gave, I want you to be able to, to wake up every morning and refeel that same feeling that you've got. So how in the world do you do this by sitting there and opening up a file that says, things that I'm thankful for. And you go and you're like, boom, I'm just so thankful for spending that two weeks with my son. And you wake up in the morning and you read that. And what that does is it brings back those feelings. And mm -hmm. if even just for a split second, that awareness is back in your I life. There. That again. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a reason why I asked you that question. And I'll leave you with this mm -hmm. because it is a question that I ask every single person, because guess why? So often I realized in life, a lot of the conversations, the overwhelming majority of them, they're surface level. Hey, Ta hey, Todd, how's it going? Good. What's new? Nothing. And you sit there and my wife would be like, so uh, tell me how to go with Todd. I'm like, oh, it went fine. Well, what's up with Todd? Not much. And I'm like, what in the world just happened right there? <laughs> because no one really cares about the other people. It's just a, a large amount of filler, right? right? And with the way that you and I get down, we're very heart-oriented people. We care about others. We want to make the world nicer. So I started to design interactions. So how do you design an interaction? So you go up to something and you're like, hey, you know what, Todd? Tell me something awesome that happened in the last month. And you know what that allows? It allows you to share something about yourself. And guess what? Here comes the conversation. So instead of you just saying, fine, nothing is new. I now learned you have three kids. You got to spend two weeks with your other son right there. And now imagine where this conversation is going to go. So now you can rinse and repeat that with every single person you encounter in life. And you're going to be a ray of positivity because guess who's not asking that question? Every other single person in this world.
Rinse and repeat, everybody. This is a Rob Cressy. This is, comes out of his mouth a lot. Rinse and repeat. When you take his, some of you will, take his podcast course, rinse and repeat for the structure of your podcast, rinse and repeat for the structure of your life. It's a really, really powerful, important, uh, how many is that? One, two, three words. Those are three really important words, rinse and repeat. So Rob, where can we find you online? You've got 16 podcasts, 13 companies. Give us, how do we find you? At Rob Cressy on all social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn, I'm getting down on business and entrepreneurship. Instagram is personal development and behind the scenes and Twitter for me is a lot of sports stuff. Uh, if you dig sports and content, check out baconsports.com. Those are probably the best spots. Great. Great. So glad to have you on Rob and enjoy Chicago. Enjoy your, your new freedom outside of your um, challenges. You get a few days off, I guess, to rest your body. Really great talking to you. Great seeing you and hope to have you back on. Thanks for having me on, Todd. I really enjoyed this. There you have it, folks. A super nice conversation with super nice Rob Cressy. Thank you so much for listening. Right now, before I go, a couple of super nice takeaways. First of all, dang, I don't know about you, but I get extra fired up every time I talk to someone who just walked away from their sure thing and went all in on their passion. Yeah, it's, it's what I've done to the Super Nice Club, and it's still really scary for me. So talking to people like Rob and a few of our guests on past episodes just makes me feel less crazy, you know? Second takeaway, great books really will change your life. If you're not a reader or just telling yourself that you don't have time to read right now, I can't recommend enough that you find a way to fix that. Even 10 minutes a day, every day, you'll get through a book a month. Rob recommended a couple of good ones in this podcast, so just maybe start there. Last takeaway, I hate to disagree with a guest, especially somebody as nice as Rob, but I'm going to state for the record that DeMarcus Cousins is going to come back and be an all-star again. Got it? All right. Don't forget to subscribe to Nice Work wherever you get your podcasts and most definitely leave a review and some stars, pretty please. And to be a member of the Super Nice Club, all you have to do is follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We have great looking Super Nice Club apparel sure to get you a date. So head over to superniceclub.com. Use discount code SUPERNICEROB for 15% off. Stay nice, everyone. Talk to you next week. Don't you want to be nice? Don't you want to be nice?